Hello everyone, my name is Eliel Peterson and today we are back with another episode of Arts and Cultures Across Antiquity. Today people, I cannot contain my excitement because we have a very, very special guest, one who we spent literal hours, hours and hours and hours and episodes talking about and if you follow this podcast, you know we spent weeks talking about the Iliad of Homer already giving it away a little bit, but one special guest today, his name carries weight. One who I'm still very shocked is sitting right next to me. If you hadn't guessed it by now, it's no other than Achilles himself. So before the whole team in the US and Greek private military bring in our special guest today, I just wanna give a little backstory about this interview was actually able to happen, just because I've been seeing a lot of excitement on social media and I just wanna set the record straight a little bit. So about a month ago, with the SARS-CoV-2, I'm just being extra right now, coronavirus, outbreak skyrocketing, and numbers growing worse, and archaeologists, who will not be named, was unaware that they had actually contracted the virus and went into a digging site where Achilles' fossils remained. While the rest of the story gets very murky over here because governments and, and you know, laws and us not being told all the information hasn't been released, what the public does know is that coronavirus basically brought Achilles back to life. And while the general public is unaware of how this happened, really, the science behind this, or even how long Achilles will be allowed or can stay alive for, the Ancient Greek Mythology Foundation has set him up and granted access to 10 journalists to interview Achilles. And I, Ariel Peterson, I am one of the 10. So without further ado, please help me welcome Achilles to the Arts and Cultures Across Antiquity podcast. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, and I know with everything and protocol, I have a quick 30-minute window with you. So if it's okay, I'm just going to jump right into asking you questions. And this is going to be a lot more interview style, by the way, for anyone listening to the podcast. It's usually a conversation between two people. That's how we work this Arts and Cultures um, Across Antiquity podcast. But today with our very special guest, we're changing things up a little bit. Please proceed. Okay. Well, first, I just need to set the record straight to excuse how harsh or blunt this question might be. But would you say you're an arrogant person? Now, I ask this, and I know it's a little, it's a little uh for a question, but I ask this because many pieces of literature that have gone on to influence the likes of Julius Caesar, Napoleon, Alexander the Great, Winston Churchill, have all been written with you as a center or main character, like the Iliad of Homer. Um, and these literatures depict you as an extremely aggressive and angry man. One of the themes that follows the book is your anger and your aggression towards other people. So if I may ask, why are you angry, Achilles? I must admit, I, I don't know Julius Caesar, Napoleon, Ale Alexander, or Winston Churchill are but I'm sure these men were nearly not as mighty as me. Now, I, for one, am not an aggressive man. I've heard no such word used to describe me. Listen, you must think of it this way. I am a man who bore the fruits of my environment. Do not glamorize the wicked and gruesome act that is war. For I have witnessed many instances that could send a man to a dark room alone to live out his life, written off from society. Thousands, thousands of men, not hundreds, 
not a few tens, thousands of men have laid lifeless beside me. I have, I have witnessed their souls escape your body arrogantly, angrily. I have spilled enough blood to fill a river two times over. So tell me, if you have done such things, or if you have witnessed such things in your lifetime, will you not be angry yourself? Will you not be an angry man yourself? So I, I don't, I'm not sure how these interviews work, but if I can turn this question back on you, well, if you were Achilles, would you be angry? Would you be upset? So you are angry. Well, who wouldn't be? Hmm, I hear you. I completely hear you. Um, if you would allow me, I'm just gonna shift gears here just a little bit. You definitely caught me um, off charts here. Um, I know this interview is supposed to be extremely, you know, unbiased and one-sided and not me really putting a lot of my opinions, but since you're opening it up, actually, I do understand. And I think that even in this podcast, we've talked a lot about how you are portrayed specifically in the Iliad of Homer as a very aggressive man, but I don't think that a lot of readers or viewers take the time out to think of your life and your backstory and the things you've had to do. I mean, being prided as one of the greatest warriors in ancient Greece comes with, it's a heavy title that comes with a lot. And, you know, one of the things you've had to do is kill it. I mean, no sane or logical person can kill the way you have killed, whether it's for war, for sport, or just, you know, in, 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 in regular combat and not have their minds and attitudes altered. You know, I would think, I personally, please take this with a grain of salt, would think you were insane, you know, to not act arrogantly or to not act aggressively. You know, and I think you are even, if I may say this as well, entitled to a level of arrogance because you are Achilles and you are the greatest warrior, one of the greatest warriors in Greece, in ancient Greece. And I think knowing that gives you the, the leverage or, the, or the, the power to navigate the world the way you did and to walk into spaces not, and, and, and act the way you did. Because you, knowing that as a person, can change so much of the way you think and act. So I hear you, but that's what I was saying. If you would allow me to shift gears really quickly here, I want to read you something you said a long time ago. You said, mother tells me the immortal goddess Thetis with her glistening feet that two fates bear me on the day of death. If I hold out here, I lay siege to Troy, my journey home is gone, but my glory never dies. If I voyage back to the fatherland I love, my pride, my glory dies, true. But the life that's left with me will be long. The stroke of death will not come on me quickly. And this was recorded um, in the Iliad. This text is taken out of the Iliad of Homer. Can you talk to me a little bit about this and a little bit about your, your reasoning and the thought process that went into actually deciding to leave the Trojan War and go, go back to the fatherland that you said you love? Knowing my faith was one, I, I do not misspeak when I say this, one of the most difficult things after the death of my beloved companion. I, I lived disoriented with the knowledge that was my faith. 
No decision I made could change the destiny that was mine. I moved each day knowing that I am Achilles, the most mighty and powerful warrior in Greece, but no strength or power I had could change my destiny. I could not save myself. And understanding that slowly killed me each time the sun met the horizon. I must also add, I chose the latter simply based off of principle and understanding. Listen, the Trojan War, which we lost thousands of men and money and fought for years, began over Helen, right? A lot of people don't actually think of that. The Trojan War began over Helen and Paris taking her from Menelaus. People can surely understand that and partake in a bloody war for years. People understood why this war was being fought and partaked in it and fought in it. But they could not grant me that same privilege of understanding my plight with Agamemnon. He took Briseis from me. He took something that was not his to take. <laughs> yeah, he scorns and holds his chin up high as he fights in a war started. He fights in a war started on the basis of taking what does not belong to you. But Achilles, if I may, you took Briseis. You also took something that did not belong to you. I did no such thing. I earned her. I earned her. Um, okay, wow. Well. <laughs> um, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said because I think there's a serious and urgent need to really access how you, and not even just access, really interpret and analyze how you view women. Because it sounds as if you're, you don't see Briseis as a person, or it sounds as if you, you're not understanding the hypocrisy of what you're saying. You know what I mean? This war and conflict can really be tied back to a lot of male ego and male pride and you know male domination on women. Like you said, the Trojan War literally started because Paris took Helen and you left the war because Agamemnon took Briseis from you. Speaking of Agamemnon, can I also ask you if your anger with Agamemnon taking Briseis from you is rooted in a love you had for her? Did you love Briseis? You ask such odd questions. Love I already had in my life. Briseis was not necessary to give me any more. I, I don't know how else to say this. She was mine. I loved her because she was mine. Because I earned her. She was my prize and I love all my prizes. Am I not supposed to like my prizes? Um, it sounds as if you don't love Briseis. What I'm trying to gather from what you're saying is that you did not love Briseis as a person, as a woman. Rather, you loved what she did for your ego. You loved that she was a constant reminder of victory, of violence. <laughs> if you already had answers, why seek me out to question the known? Let me turn the tables on you. To whom are you married? Who is your father, your village? Um, okay, these are interesting questions, but I am going to answer it just because I, I, I am putting you on the spot and I am asking a lot of questions here. I do not speak with my father and I am single and by myself. 
Oh, so you do the business of the night. Um, okay, I don't know where these questions are going, so I'm just going to move on because I think you're alluding to me being a prostitute, so we're just going to carry on. Um, so be respectful to both of us in your time. I have two more questions before we wrap up. Is it okay if I proceed? Proceed. Do you regret how you treated the body of Hector after you slayed him? No, I do not. I, I think that the conversation regarding how I treated Hector's body or, or Hector's death and, and my doing in that really, really acknowledges what Hector did to Patroclus's corpse. If you remember, or if you know, Hector, Hector took off the armor of my beloved and wore it, he put it on himself, left my beloved dying, dead and naked. And I, and I think you said something earlier about how psychologically damaging or, 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 or changes happens to somebody like me who have gone through the entire life killing and witnessing killing. I also wish that level of empathy would be extended to me to understand someone largely overcome with grief. My companion, my love died. He was gone, he's dead. And I think knowing that his life was cut short so stupidly and knowing how his corpse was treated angered me, enraged me. It completely disoriented how I thought and wanted to act. Even in that moment, all I could see was Hector must die. And I knew I could kill Hector. I knew it. I am Achilles. And I think knowing that the challenge between Hector and I was really not won. Going to fight Hector was going to end in my victory. I was going to be alive. He was going to be the one dead. I think I knew that killing him would not bring me the satisfaction. I had to do something more. And, and maybe you can say I was dragging his body. Mm, take your time. Maybe you, were say, you can say I was dragging his body, you know, and doing what I did for days because I was so overcome with guilt, but really, or not guilt, excuse me, anger, but really, I just wanted to do to him what he did to my beloved. And I just had more anger to go with it. So to answer your question, do I regret how I treated the body of Hector? No. Would I do it again? Yes, I absolutely would. Mm. Achilles, that's so interesting and I hear you. And I think one of the things I've always personally said is I've also always brought up, you know, exactly how Hector killed uh, Patroclus and what he did to his corpse subsequently after. And I think, and I'm speak, directly speaking because obviously I'm having to do this interview with you and I'm so excited and so honored, but I do not know you personally. And, and I 
basing a lot of my opinions and feelings about you and, and Patroclus and Hector off of mainly the book, The Iliad of Homer. And in the Iliad of Homer, Hector is seen as someone who fights for his family and his country. And I'm not saying you do, you do not do the same, but we can all agree that you left the war for personal reasons. You left the war when you knew that they needed you over your ego and pride. And while that's a whole, you know, conversation that we've already gone into, so we don't have to revisit that, I do think that, you know, as a reader of the Iliad and audiences of the Iliad, um, or hearing the story of you, Hector, and Patroclus, are so much more quick and and quick to side with Hector and feel sad for Hector because we see someone who really is has been championed of fighting for his family and his country, as well as Hector is portrayed as the weaker character. We know you are Achilles, and we know you are the greatest and mightiest warrior, one of the greatest and mightiest warrior in Greece. And I think naturally, and obviously, excuse me if I'm you know, misspeaking, and I never want to speak for other people, but naturally, as, 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 as readers and, you know, with ethos, pathos, and logos, we're more inclined to feel bad for the underdog and feel bad for the weaker, because we knew Hector did not stand a chance against you. And also, even in the Iliad, seeing how Hector's the, the, the outfall, the backlash of Hector's death and what that happened and how his parents reacted and how his wife reacted and how his mother and father reacted. I think all that writing, and you can even honestly say that, you know, Homer himself was biased towards you, you know, because all that writing and all that emotion and all that backstory and all that narration of the outfall of Hector's death makes us as an audience sympathize with him and be like, oh my gosh, Achilles is this bad guy and Achilles must regret how he treated Hector. So I find it really interesting to hear you say you don't and you would do the same thing if given the opportunity. Um, one thing that I'm really interested now in just hearing your response is, would I as an audience member, or would we, for you know the rest of my podcast listeners, would we as audience members have felt differently if your death had been portrayed in the book? And if, you know, the outfall of your death and, and, and the backlash, I guess I would say, and the remains of your death and what happened and the people that were hurt and sad over your death, if that was all written in the, in the Iliad of Homer, would we feel differently? Would we feel as bad for Hector as we actually do? Or if you and Hector were portrayed as equal levels, <laughs> I'm not equal to Hector. I know, I know. But if you and Hector were portrayed in, on, you know, equal playing field, would we still feel as bad as we do for Hector? Um, and speaking of this, if you would permit me, I would love to transition to our last question because I know our time is wrapping up. If you can talk a little bit about your relationship with Patroclus, I know you 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 touched on it, and you this is the first time I've actually ever heard you directly say my lover my companion this is also the first time i've ever talked to you but i think it's interesting to note how your relationship with patroclus has been largely debated and even in in hollywood and in movies your relationship with patroclus has been portrayed as one of kinship and more platonic kinship um, a very popular movie with brad pitt playing you i think you'd be very happy to see that um, he they portrayed your relationship with Patroclus as your cousin. 
So if you can speak to a little bit about your relationship with Patroclus, I don't know if you can say anything on this, but were you in a romantic relationship with Patroclus? Patroclus was my... He was... I'm I'm sorry, I I can't answer this question. Okay, I completely understand. Um, I guess we can wrap up right here. Thank you so much again for doing this podcast and making the time to see me. Um, Thank you, but I do want to add that I did not make the time to see you. And I think if there's really one thing I I want to say, and I have not really had ever had the opportunity to say, say this, is that my boundaries have always been ignored and crossed time and time again, from death to breath, from war to love. I, Achilles, I've been forced to do things that I previously declined to do, and I think that reality is something really important that people don't ever take a moment to think about. Wow. Um, Thank you so much for bringing that up, because I'm, you know, completely biased and completely, you know, ignorant to that and just going off of oh my gosh i'm having this wonderful opportunity to talk to achilles and i did not even think of how this is a complete cross of your boundaries and you did possibly not agree you know what i mean i don't even think you had a say in doing this interview um but again achilles i am so thankful for you doing this um and yeah i'm just so thankful thank you so much for stopping by the arts and cultures across antiquity podcast i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you so much And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into this very, very special episode of Arts and Cultures Across Antiquity. It has been such an amazing experience getting to do this podcast. And it's been such an amazing experience getting to interview Achilles. You guys know I'm obsessed with this character. When we talked about the Iliad for weeks on end, Achilles was my main point of focus. And Achilles was the person that I constantly had opinions on and constantly wanted to write think pieces on. So it was such a blessing, honestly, and so exciting to get to interview him. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys were able to take something away from our conversation. It definitely was supposed to be a very formal interview, but ended up, you know, going in the route of a more casual conversation. Um, I'm so grateful for Achilles for not double down, um, for not backing, I guess, I'm also like missing up my words today a lot, but not backing up on a lot of the questions I ask, but rather tackling them head head first and, really speaking his mind and I think the last thing he said will forever stick with me so again thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and I will catch everyone on the next episode of arts and cultures across antiquity have a good day